0: I want to tell you once again about an outstanding family law firm that I could not recommend any higher. And we know that unfortunately divorces happen and people grow apart. It's a reality, it's a difficult time in life, and a difficult process to navigate. You need understanding, you need compassion, coupled with outstanding legal advice and counsel. And you'll find it at one of the top family law firms in the region in Cox. Baker & Page. That's Cox, Baker & Page. They've been celebrated and honored for their work and their compassion for a number of years by U.S. News and World Report and Laura Page. And Mary Cox are consistently listed by them with a best lawyer distinction. So if you or someone you know needs assistance, reach them at coxbakerandpage.com. Mention you heard it from me and receive a discount on your initial consultation. Once again, it's Cox, Baker & Page, Dot com a family law firm love telling you about how i start my day with boyer's coffee they're the best i get it delivered right to my house by going to boyerscoffee.com you can do the same and uh, you don't even have to worry about running to the store but if you do and you're out shopping they're in every grocery store they have legendary coffee it's been roasted in the rocky mountains since 1965 and the altitude makes the coffee super smooth and most importantly, they are local. They also have food truck promotions going on all the time at their food truck up on the north side at 73rd in Washington. So go check them out. You're going to be glad you did. And make sure that you buy one of their specialty drinks or get some of the specialty coffee again at boyerscoffee.com. They're terrific, boyerscoffee.com. This week, on the Drew Goodman Podcast, former Rockies manager Clint Hurdle. I have been really
1: blessed with an opportunity to plug back into my family. I would not have raised my hand to go out when I went out or how I went out getting get fired on the last day of the season in 2019. But it's turned out to be an incredible blessing.
0: Clint is talking about his journey through the big leagues and the journey to living his best life. Uh,
1: Most alcoholics are their own worst enemies because we... An illogical mind can't think logical thoughts, and I couldn't start thinking logical thoughts until I stopped drinking.
0: This is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is podcast number 100. Holy shit, I can't believe that. That that is, um, well, at least for me, it's amazing, because uh, I think back and we've knocked off 100 shows, which means we've had 98 guests. There's only been two shows that we didn't have guests on. And before we get uh, rolling on this one, I'll tell you that Clint Hurdle, as you just heard, is coming up uh, a little bit uh, later on. Uh, But I want to thank all of you for not only being loyal listeners, but spreading the word and getting other people uh, uh, to our little venture here. And I also want to thank our sponsors. Ideal Home Loan has been with us from uh, day one. Brent Ivinson and his team have been outstanding. Boyer's Coffee, locally owned and operated since 1965. They've been with us uh, basically since the outset, as well as Steel. And they're a worldwide company. And Steel Power Tools are great. And uh, the, the chapter in this region, I know a lot of those folks, They're they're wonderful people. And Steel Products are simply the best um, also, more recently, Cox Baker and Page, a family law firm, again that you know I know those folks very, very well. They are so well thought of uh, in our community, and they've helped so many people through difficult times. And also DraftKings, and I think everybody knows about DraftKings. And uh, I'm glad uh, that, to be on board uh, with them as well. So a big, th- big thanks to uh, to the sponsors uh, over the last couple of years, a hundred shows, and. The little project started this way. I think it was June of 2019 during a rain delay. An old friend, Julie Brownman, and I were chatting in the dugout. And she was telling me about, you know, maybe getting into the the podcast world. And I said, you know, that sounds really interesting to me. And, And one of the things that really appealed to me was the fact that you can have an opinion on various topics. Maybe even take people behind the curtain like you couldn't do in talk radio. And also talk radio is limiting... Uh, on one hand, in that, uh, you know, it, it's a heavy dose sometimes of just one subject, it's daily, maybe you have to fill up three hours on days where you really didn't have three hours of material, so my hat's off to all those guys who, who grind that out on a day-to-day basis, Not, and I used to do that, and it's a, you know, it's a it's a wonderful um, entertainment vehicle, but the, the podcast world where, you know, each week if you come out with you know, 40 minutes or 35 minutes or 45 minutes uh, of stuff you, you, you want to talk about. And uh, the other part of it for me that was really appealing, I've always liked the long form interview. I've always liked to do a deeper dive with, uh, you know, interesting guests and have a conversation and have banter. And hopefully uh, it's been compelling, uh, at least some of them for all of you uh, through the last couple of years. So Julie and I, uh, started doing it together and, uh, we did it together for, uh, I think more than a year. I can't even remember. I think it was definitely it was a little bit more than a year and Julie was great. And, you know, she was busy with some other things. And so, uh, we ended up, uh, not, not parting ways in anything, but an amicable way. It was just a time thing. And so I've been doing this on my own the last, uh, eight months something like uh, along those lines and it's been fun and, and it's been fun when i hear from uh, some of you and, and say so you enjoyed it you enjoyed the interview whether it's out on social media or wherever i uh, happen to hear from you so it's, it's greatly appreciated and i uh, and i thank you for uh, also spreading the word About it. And we're going to, you know, if you have ideas on guests, let let me know. I I know a couple people had reached out not too long ago and said, hey, you got to get cargo on. I had always planned on having cargo at some point again. And um, it was awesome to sit down with him last week. And I think you're going to enjoy the interview this week uh, with Clint Hurdle. Um, It's also an opportunity, I think, honestly, uh, to reveal, I'm a pretty private person, but to reveal a little bit more of yourself and, and things that make you tick that go beyond when you hear me, you know, in the evening calling a, a Rockies game or perhaps in the offseason when it's a college football or college um, basketball game, because the focus is on the game as it should be. Um, but, you know, you have opinions on things. I mean, you know how big a, an avalanche fan I am and And uh, the Nuggets have had a wonderful year, and it's fun to be able to converse about them. And and national stories as well, and to to espouse your opinion um, when you think it's appropriate. So I've enjoyed that part of it, uh, certainly, as well. And speaking of other things going on, I was really uh, pleased to hear this week that they're going to have a Hall of Fame ceremony in Cooperstown as opposed to just a virtual one. I'm thrilled for Larry Walker. Um, and, and, Derek Jeter, listen, you know, Derek Jeter had one of the great baseball careers and certainly, uh, being a New York Yankee, it's magnified that much more, but they're going to have the limited in capacity. They're going to have an outdoor ceremony with people, uh, September 8th in the beautiful hamlet of Cooperstown, New York. And I thought that was uh great news. Congratulations. They got it right for the first time. The Denver Nuggets have an MVP in Jokic, and uh, Nikola had an unforgettable season. He played all seventy-two games, even after Murray went down. He led them to you know almost a perfect record uh, down the stretch. It, it, to me, it was a no-brainer. I was glad that he had ninety-one. I think it was ninety-one of the hundred votes, uh, the first-place votes uh, for MVP. He was second in triple doubles. He just filled up every category. And if you watch the Nuggets, no matter who was on the floor, he was the best player. And from every measurement, he was the MVP, the clear MVP of the NBA. And it's wonderful that he's bestowed that honor. And it's wonderful for the Nuggets organization, one that I, uh, you know, work closely with for 10 years doing their game. So um, that's tremendous. And uh, it is as it should be with Nikola Jokic becoming uh, the MVP of the league. You know, other things you think about when you, you know, it's a milestone, I guess, for me, whatever. It's another it's another show. But um, you, you reveal little things about yourself, I guess over time and I think you you know how important um, just like for all of you who have children your kids are to you and my boys are number one and, and now my boys are 23 21 and 18 um, you know one's in the workforce one's uh, you know still in college playing college baseball and and uh, one's finishing up his high school baseball career moving on to college next year and I, I couldn't be more proud um, of my boys and and you know, love them anymore. We know that it's, uh, when we have kids, man, you, you learn what unconditional love is. And, uh, they've, they've all, uh, you know, at some point, uh, partook in this little podcast and we're going to do some more with the, uh, with those guys uh, down the road. And I appreciate you listening to them, uh, also. Well, listen, I want to get you to the interview of the week, Clint Hurdle. There's a lot of stuff to cover, uh, with Clint. He has, um, you know, great appreciation for this area for the colorado rockies having been their hitting coach and then being tapped on the shoulder and being asked to manage them and then watching the rockies from afar when he was with the with the pirates and um clint is an extremely bright guy extremely well read he has a unique way of articulating opinions and um He has a unique view uh, on the world, and I've always enjoyed my conversations with him, and I think you're going to enjoy uh, this one as well. So without further ado, our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week on show number 100, the former Rocky manager, Clint Hurdle. Well, I'm excited about this one. We used to see each other every day. And then we'd see each other a couple times a year when when the Rockies were in Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh was in town. It, it's always great catching up. And first and foremost, uh, how are you doing? And how are you a- occupying your time?
1: Drew, I am. I'm well. Thanks for asking. I appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you. Yeah, we used to see each other every day and a couple times. And then now we never see each other.
0: <laughs> Lucky for you. <laughs>
1: Um, but I'm healthy. I'm happy. Uh, my family and I live on the west coast of Florida. a little place called Annemarie Island. We live on Holmes Beach here. It's about 10, 10 minutes north of Longboat Key, maybe 20, 25 minutes north of Sarasota, Siesta Key. So we're on the water. Kids are in school. i got two high schoolers in this house. One just graduated, Madison. Uh, Carla's still letting me in at night, every night, for 20, 21 years. Um, there's days I'm by far away the dumbest guy in this house with two teenagers. Um, and Carl has been way smarter than me for a long time. So I have been really blessed with an opportunity to, you know, plug back into my family. Um, I would not have raised my hand to go out when I went out or how I went out, get fired in the last day of the season in 2019, but it's turned out to be an incredible blessing. Um, to be home through COVID, to be home for, you know, a very important time of life for my kids, uh, to come back in and kind of lock arms with Carla and, and raising the family and being here every day and being somebody that she can depend on a lot more than she's ever depended on me in the past. So it's been very, very good. It's been eye-opening. And it's been very rewarding. And like they would probably tell you for the first three or four months, it was probably hard for all of us.
0: Yeah, it's different when when you're used to being gone quite a bit. I I want to ask you because Maddie just uh, graduated high school and congratulations to that. But so many people um got to know Maddie and, and Christian as well. But with um the awareness and the money that that you have continued to raise for Proder, Willie, I'm sure people who are listening are are wondering you know how's Maddie doing and um and so just fill us in and, and fill our listeners in if you would.
1: Well, Drew, thanks. Thanks for asking. You know, Maddie did just graduate, and 18 years ago, uh, graduation wasn't even a topic. It wasn't even a soft topic. I mean, graduation didn't become real until she probably got on the back end of middle school. We didn't know what was going to be in front of Maddie. Um, we didn't know what she was going to be able capable of doing academically, academically, uh, personality, you know, functionality, vocationally. She's taken small steps forward for 18 years, football term. She keeps moving the chains. Uh, There's parts of her that continue to develop, and there's parts of her that are going to be 12 years old the rest of her life. However, there's, there's many fingerprints on success stories. Maddie has had many fingerprints on her life, and most of them started in Denver, Colorado, at the Children's Hospital. Uh, we had two wonderful doctors there. We didn't think they were too wonderful when they broke the news to us that our daughter had a birth defect. However, uh Dr. Zarlingo and our endocrinologist there, uh, the the internal group, the whole group of Prader-Willi Syndrome uh, Association of, of Denver stood up, and, you know, Lynette and Gary Hosler and the Porter family, Jeff and Terry, there's so many others. Uh, we've had a – it has been a small village, actually a big village, Helping Maddie on her journey, and over the years, I, I think we, this last Hotspur fundraiser we had here in March, we've probably we're about 1.8 million dollars raised in helping support Brattleboro really, families and kids in the last 18 years. So there's been a lot of blessings along the way. There are challenges. Don't ever get me wrong. This is not this isn't easy. Uh, raising kids isn't easy. Uh, raising a special needs teenager is not easy. Um, but we've been, we've really learned a lot. Carl and I have learned a lot together. Uh, Christian's learned a lot. My oldest daughter, Ashley, is going to be married for the first time here at the 10th, 1st of October, Fismo Beach. Good um, deal. First time engagement, first time wedding, a lot going on in our family, but Maddie's story's cool, and we celebrated for two weeks with both sides of the family. So, you know, that old Robert Earl Keene song, um, you no, know, the show goes on forever. The party never ends.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: ours just finally ended. It was two weeks of graduation parties. It was quite a ride. Yeah, that
0: is that that is that's great to hear. Uh, and that is that is the way it should be, man. Two week celebration. Absolutely, that's superb. I want to take you all the way back because when when um I did this book a couple of years ago, Clint, you were gracious enough to spend a lot of time with me. And there's so many. You're a great storyteller, and, there, and there's so many. Um, you've lived a, for me a fascinating life um, and, and it's been a great journey and there's a lot of chapters left, I'm sure. But I want to take you back because some, some of the stories, uh, I, I, I laugh and um, I want to take you back and ask you to retell uh, the one when you're, you're coming up and you're one of the top prospects in the entire game. You're a young player, you're with the Royals and that story when you found yourself on the cover of Sports Illustrated, because to me, that's a classic.
1: Oh, uh, it, it happened, I had to retell the story the other day, uh, family members were around and, and actually I went out and got the mail Like I should say Maddie goes out and gets the mail, summertime, and one of the, one of the envelopes that came in, it was a sports illustrated cover to sign. They still show up two, three a month. I sign them and send them back, but somebody asked about, well, what was that day like when you saw the cover for the first time? And I want to be want to be short with the time. But this whole process of an SI cover became and it came to be quite uh, mysterious. You know, nobody knew when it launched. It launched, and this particular cover had built some time over the years. They were they were. I think it was three or four years in a row where they put up a young prospect picture on the cover, and I don't know if any of them ever landed big. But they they came out, they said, we're going to come out and shoot Willie Wilson, Clint Hurdle, and 15 other rookies this spring, you know, for a feature story. That's all they tell you. So Willie and I were getting photographed all day long. I guess they went other places and photographed a a number of other people. Um, And Jim Wright was one of them. Teddy Cox was another one. Um, Jim Wright, who was a pitching coach in the Rockies organization for many years. A handful of guys. And... After the shooting, you know, they said, well, you know, we'll let you know when the story breaks. They're not going to call you and tell you when the story breaks. This is before the media obviously was set up the way it is now, social networking and media. You know you know ahead of time pretty much what's coming out. Um, I can remember stopping at the local 7-Eleven on the way to the ballpark in Fort Myers, which I always stopped at. I'd grab a quart of milk and I'd grab a honey bun. You know, breakfast of champions. I'd get in the car, and I'd head to the park, drink the milk, eat the honey bun, and go. Well, this particular morning, I grabbed the milk, I put grabbed the honey bun, I put it on the counter. And if people can remember back to 1978, at that time, there wasn't a magazine rack in 7-Eleven. There was three magazines on the counter. Time Time, Newsweek, and Sports Illustrated. So I put, the mat, I put the put the honey bun down, put the milk cart down, looked at the cashier, close to my age, young guy. Yeah. And he looked at me, and he looked at the cover, and I followed his eyesight down to the cover because I didn't see it when I came to the counter. I saw the magazine cover with me on the cover. I looked back at him. He looked back at me. We both looked at the cover, and I just spun and walked out, left the milk, left the honey bun, And I could just hear him laughing, yelling at me on the way. out. Hey, dude, is that you? Hey, man, is that you? That was the time, that was the first time that I saw the the cover of Sports Illustrated. And that's how it got lost for for me. When I got to the park, there uh, there was quite a lot to deal with once I got to the park that morning, to say the least.
0: I'm sure they had it pasted up everywhere in that clubhouse.
1: It was a long day, long day at the ballpark. You know, there's guys, and you have to think back, there's guys that have been in the big leagues 10, 15 years, you know, maybe trying to make a club that's Frank still and never been on the cover of a magazine. And they got a kid come in with, you know, 28 days of major league experience, played triple-A baseball, three, three, two two-plus years in the minor leagues on the cover of of S.A. It did not sit well with some people.
0: We'll have more with the former Rockies manager, Clint Hurdle, in a moment. But first, this from my good friend, Brent Ibenson, an ideal home loans. They've been great, man. They've been great for me and they've been great for all of you for a number of years. I'm just uh, finishing up a refinance right now. I've used them on multiple occasions. I've sent a number of people to them. They're going to save you money and they're just good people. And they've been in business for 20 years doing outstanding work in our community. 303 867 7000 is their number. 303-867-7000. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. I like to let you all know that because they don't hand those things out. They're well thought of, and they have so many repeat customers and word-of-mouth customers through the years because they're excellent at what they do. Give them a try. 303-867-7000. It is ideal home loans. Now more with Clint Hurdle. Hey Clint, if you you've had you're a reflective person by nature. Do you look back on uh, your career and you were you know the cover boy Sports Illustrated, all all, all of these things? And it at one measure you could say, well, I didn't live up to what the expectations were. But on another level, there's a lot to be proud of. So how where are you, and how often do you look back and say? my career shaped me moving forward because of X, Y, or Z? Well,
1: it's a really good question. And, you know, one thing you've always been good at is asking good questions. Um, At the end of the day, um, there is no doubt that my career, there may have been more there uh, talent-wise that, you know, I drank away some of it. Uh, It's well-documented. I've been very transparent throughout the years. Um, I did have talent. And I think the combination of having talent and then getting to the big leagues and then trying to please everybody and um, having a tag of unlimited potential was something that was kind of weird and challenging at the same time. Uh, It was a lot for a young man to take on at the age of 20. I don't think I dealt with it maybe as well as I wish I would have. But then again, we didn't have a lot of guardrails back in the day. There was no rookie camp to go to. There was no MLB thing set up where they'd walk you through training, uh, PR training, uh, mental skills training. Um, you know, you basically had the friends you had and the people in your life that could try and help you. I had some of those. I don't think I listened to them probably as well as I should have. Um, I'd had success all the way up to the major league level, but it got hard, and I found different ways to try and deal with the hard um so once my career kind of came to a crossroads and I just said okay I've made some mistakes what can I learn from them and then I poured myself into recreating myself as a player I got almost you know 10 years in a big league I prepared myself for a coaching future which I'd never thought about that turned into a managerial opportunity in the minor leagues I spent time in the minor leagues as a manager as a hitting coach And then I got opportunities at the big league level. At the end of the day, if somebody would have told me when I was a 20 year old, my picture was on the cover of SI, you're not going to be very, you're going to be okay as a ball player, but you're going to manage 16 years in the big leagues. I would have said, no, you're the one who's drinking. I mean, how do you, how do you get, how do you get that, that equation? Um, so I really look at life as, you know, I I think we're all prepared for our path if we paid attention to our future, there were times, Drew, I did not pay attention to my past well enough. Once I started paying attention to my past, my past, my future got brighter. My future became better. And actually, I started, you know, I started finding my way and, and you know, and one for that, or making money once I decided to stop playing. <laughs> you know, my yeah. my trajectory in the game <laughs> took off once I decided to, the uniform the player's uniform away so a lot of lessons learned a lot of blessings from it i mean i'm happily married 20 21 years i'm sober 22 years i got three children um i've been blessed to do a lot of cool things and, and to play with coach with coach against manage against some incredibly talented people so it's been a wild crazy ride and i'm forever thankful
0: what was your sobriety ultimately, and and the the kind of the life altering changes, if you will, were they you looking yourself primarily in the mirror, or were you influenced by you know I know you've been very close with your parents for you know uh, you know going way back, obviously I know how much Carla means to you in your life, but I mean was there a a, a seminal moment, Clint, or was there a couple of people who sat you down and you finally? you know, almost the proverbial slap across the face?
1: Well, you know, when you, when you spend time in AA, you get to hear a lot of stories. Uh, you get to hear about a lot of bottoms, And a bottom is something that supposedly, it's, you know, you can't go any lower. That thud you hit is your rear end hitting the ground. Uh, sometimes it's a car hitting something. Sometimes, you know, it's a financial uh, smack in the face. Sometimes it's it's divorce. You know, I've experienced a lot of that, a little bit of all of that. Um, I had people sharing wisdom with me on maybe the path I was taking, the things I was doing. I, I think, as, as you find out over time, uh, most alcoholics are their, their own worst enemies because we, an illogical mind can't think logical thoughts. And I couldn't start thinking logical thoughts till I stopped drinking. At times, once you added alcohol, there was, you know, you call off all the jams because my, my thinking got, Got different. Um, so yeah, my folks, there was a, I can remember, like it was yesterday, a call to my mother just to say hello. And at one time, my mom Louise just said, I don't care what you do with the rest of your life. If you would just stop drinking, that would make me happy. I got about 10 slaps in the face in a short period of time. One from Carla, one from my mom, uh, one from my dad, uh, one from my agent. But you know, you also, I needed to hear from some people that had been drunk and got sober. And I'd started finally intersecting with some people, uh, you know, in AA that just were crossing my path, and I'd look at them and say, you know, I don't know what you got, but I want it. What's the deal? And that started happening a little bit more. But there came a point when I just made a decision. It was time. I was sick and tired of being tired and sick. Um, you know, to a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people saw the problem the way it was. They thought, well, he likes to drink or, you know, he's just thirsty or he's one of those guys. That's what ball players do. But it was much deeper than that. Um, there were two divorces involved, uh, which, you know, which are messy for everybody. And there was just a lot of mistakes made on my part that I had to take complete ownership of and not put blame or fault on anybody else and figure out a way how to live my best life moving forward. So there did come a day. Uh, and it was october 31st uh, 1999 that you know that, that was the day i had my last drink's been over 21 years since then and there's no doubt in my mind that i would not have had the second career had i continued drinking and the second career has been fabulous
0: do you know what's interesting for me um, uh, of my friends i would say you are the most you know, I've you know, friends who read, but I would say you're probably the most voracious reader of, uh, of of people that I call friend. And was that an acquired taste, or was that something that uh, that came about? You know, on long bus rides, or, or how did it come about? And what are the most impactful things you've read?
1: Well, I've got shoot, um, I always like to read. You know, I, I learned early. I had a sixth grade English teacher who was incredibly impactful. Her name was Dorothy Duncan, and she told me early on, Clint, there's only two ways to learn, you know, with your eyes and with your ears. When you open your mouth and talk, you're merely exchanging information you've already learned. You're not learning anything. You're sharing information. So if you want to learn, you need to use your eyes, you need to use your ears. And she goes, reading is a great vehicle. She goes, all, all readers don't lead people, but all good leaders read. Um, that stuck with me over the years. I just like to read. And then uh, I did get in a, in a, the job, minor league baseball is a lot of travel, a lot of bus rides. So I did a lot of reading on bus rides. Um, uh, continue to read, um, uh, so much. I mean, right now I've got, very rarely do I have two books going at the same time, but I've picked up a couple books that I'm reading now. I'm reading the, another time through. It's called The, the Habitudes by Dr. Tim Elmore. And then I have a good friend who's the, uh, the, head basketball coach at Texas A&M, Buzz Williams, who just sent me a book called The Power of Consistency. Uh, Brene Brown's a big fan. I'm a big fan of Brene Brown's. I'm, I'm just finished reading Dare to Lead. Um, I read, uh, gosh, I read Felipe Alou's book. Um, so it's all over the place. Muhammad Ali's autobiography. Uh, Bobby Richardson's, Rod Carew's, those are all biographies I've read in the last, the last year. Um, James Kerr, Legacy, about the, uh, the All Blacks team, rugby team. I just continue to hunt, hunt good stuff and stuff that I think is going to impact and influence myself and give me things to think about and things I may be able to share with my kids or the leadership group in which the, the men and women that I'm still intertwined with at this stage of life.
0: Yeah, I think that's terrific, and I know you've uh, you've passed uh, material on to me uh, in the past, and I and I see, uh, I can picture you right now in the front seat of the bus, and you got a book going, as you know most people got uh, things going on in their ears and that sort of thing. We'll have more with Drew Goodman and Clint Hurdle right after this. Love telling you about my friends at Steel steel s-t-i-h-l man if you have a job to do in your backyard in your front yard they have chainsaws blowers trimmers everything to help you get the job done and they have more than ten thousand steel dealers around the country again it's s-t-i-h-l steel dealers.com is where you can find them real steel They find a way to get the job done with the best tools on the market, whether it's gas, electric, or battery. Go shop at Steel. It's fun, man. You can go attack your property and get uh, a ton done. In fact, you're going to probably tap on your neighbor's door and say, hey, listen, you need help with anything? I got the products. I'll help you out. Again, it's Steeldealers.com. S-T-I-H-L. I I have a garage full of their products. Hey, DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that's still in contention. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Here's what you do. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code Goodman Podcast when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Again, bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you'll claim $100 in free credit. Again, the promo code is Goodman Podcast. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app today must be 21 or older Colorado only new customers only restrictions apply see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 now back to Drew with Clint Hurdle hey I got another story I have to have you retell because it's a classic and Rockings fans will appreciate this Dan O'Dowd, when he called you to give you news, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll just leave it at that and let you <laughs> tell the story from there.
1: Uh, to this day, it's one of the most surreal moments of my life. Um, yeah, late April uh, 2002, uh, the Rocks were on some hard times, man. We weren't playing well. Uh we just didn't get out of the blocks very clean. We weren't hitting well. Outfielders weren't catching fly balls. Not that the outfield coach not but I had been for Baylor. Um, I still would help out Dallas Williams, but at the hitting thing, we weren't good. Buddy, Buddy Bell was the manager. All the coaches were trying hard just to keep this thing afloat. Buddy was trying to do his thing. It just seemed one of those situations where the harder we tried, the worse we did as a team. And it got to the point where Dan had reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I got some thoughts. I need, I got some questions for you. Could you come in at such and such a time? And I was like, well, that day I can. I've got a dentist appointment. You know, if, if unless you need me, I'll, I'll switch to dentist appointment day. He goes, no, no, we'll wait a couple days. Well, I didn't know what he was – what you know, I didn't know the thought pattern that he had in plan, but then a few days later he called me up in the morning and he goes, hey, Clint, I've got something I need to talk to you about. And I was like nine o'clock in the morning. I go, okay, Dan. I said, you want me to come in now? He goes, no, just give me your address. I'll come over to your place. And I went, holy cow! Yeah, here's the address. So as soon as I got off the phone with Dan, I, I called my dad, and I said, Dad, I just got off the phone with Dan, your GM. He's gonna come over and fire me. He goes, what? I go, Dad, we we, we stink. The hitters have been brutal. I'm not getting I'm not carrying my load, it's just been hard. You know, I get it. I said, but it's kinda cool because I said, Dad, the worst thing in the and the worst thing in baseball is to have to pack your bag in the clubhouse and walk out because you're not good enough. I said, He he's gonna give me the liberty of not doing that. You know, he's gonna come home, he's gonna fire me here. I can just have the guys pack my bag up and I can get it later. So he goes, Well, okay, you know, just call me when he's done and we'll see what we need to do next. All right. Dan comes over and sits down and he starts sharing some thoughts and he runs through the challenges with the ball club. You know, whatever it is pitching, relieving, the hitting, da da da. And then he goes, uh, we're going to make a change in the manager's position and I'm asking you to take over as manager. Drew, I looked at him, I almost, I mean, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> I just kept waiting for the other shoe to drop where it was Clint, we're going to make a, we're going to make a change in the hitting coach position and, you know, I'm sorry, but this is it. And I literally looked at, and I said, Dan, I, I'm, I'm humbled beyond belief. This is what I expected. I shared it with Dan, that I really thought I was going to get let go. And, you know, I was waiting for him to say, well, I thought about that too, but he just, you know, it, I got to believe one of the hardest things for a general manager to do is let go of a manager. I mean, it's happened to me twice. You know, he's the guy that hires you. He hired Buddy. Uh, we have done some good things, and now the guy that you were telling everybody is good enough, now you're telling everybody that he isn't good enough. and It's a crazy dynamic. So anyway, that was the day that, yeah, I took over as my, my interim job as manager of the Colorado Rockies. So when I called my dad back, you can imagine that exchange. Dad, not only am I not getting fired, I'm going to manage
0: the game tonight. I tell you what, I love that story because uh, you know, again, you told you told it to me a co- couple times in the past, and um, you literally—I mean, it, you're not embellishing. You literally—you're you're getting fired. I'm the first phone call you made after Dan called. You're calling your dad, dad. It's going to be a bad day, but at least I—least I'm having it uh, happen at home. That's a, that's a classic. And then, you know, the, you're moving along. And there were some tough times. I mean, baseball, you know, short of the Dodgers of late. It's hard It's hard to win consistently. And 07 7 rolls around. And, you know, people know what happened. We're not going to do a, a super deep dive. But at, at what point in time during that run, Clint, did you go, you know what? I think we're going to get this thing done.
1: You know, I think there was a couple points, but but there were little little pegs in time for me for whatever reason. I think you know me well enough that, that I'm an optimist. I've always been an optimist, and there'll be plenty of times people will tell me why I shouldn't have been an optimist, and they proved out to be right. However, when we went through as an organization over the winter the entire scenario of do we trade Todd Helton, do we not trade Todd Helton, how that played out internally, how it played out publicly, conversations with Todd, internal conversations with Kelly and Dan uh, and Dick and all of it. And then we get to the point where we're not going to trade Todd. Todd wants to say he believes in the young players. For me, that was, oh, wow, okay. You know, that was meaningful for me. Because here's a guy that could have chosen to go somewhere else, but he said, if I go to Boston and we win it there, it will be cool, but – it won't be anything close to what it would be like to win in here. And those are the words he shared with me after all was said and done. And then to watch just the way the players gravitated to him through spring, you know, okay, we had some traction, I thought, internally, some cohesion in the clubhouse. And then we play. And you know, the playing part of it, we weren't good, we weren't real good, we weren't real bad. Uh, but what I continued to see was growth. And what I continued to see was a team maturing within itself where these guys weren't relying upon, you know, Dan, the Gen, general manager, to wave a magic wand, for me to pull a rabbit out of my hat, for a hitting coach to solve this, or the pitching coach to solve this. They took it upon themselves to just go out nightly and play a game and try to win the game that night. And they were growing selectively internally. Um, and you could see just... A fact of belonging in the big leagues, and I don't know how it's going to finish, but we're going to just fight every night. There was another turning point, though, on a, on a road trip where um, I think we went on, and I think Brian Puentes. I think he had four blown saves in the first eight games of the road trip. Uh, one got away from us in Wrigley, one got away from us in Toronto, and then two got away from us back-to-back, maybe back-to-back nights in Houston. I think. Loretta and Caballo, both of them grand slams late or something. I don't know. It was, it was really rough. And I can remember calling Fuentes in and saying, we're going to change uh, the alignment in the bullpen. I'm going to take you out of the closers position, and I'm going to put Manny back at closure, and I'm going to put you in front of Manny. And you never know what to expect from a player. You just don't. But you want to tell him the truth. And I was never a guy who was going to beat around the bush. Give him a bunch of numbers. I told him, "When you're hearing here, here, we're going to make a change. And, you know, he says, Clint, I'm going to get it back together. You know, I can do this. I said, I know you can. However, I think the change just of a line pitching a different inning could help. You, you never know how a player is going to, going to react to that kind of news. As well, you're not going to be the closer anymore. You've been a closer. You've been an all-star closer. You've been our closer for two-plus years. Brian said, I'll get it back. And I said, well, I know you will. However, I've got 24 other players to answer to out there and the coaching staff and everybody else. So this is the way we're going to do it. It would be great if you could just buy in and make this work seamlessly. And Brian looked at me and goes, Clint, I know how hard it is. Those guys have worked to get the ball to me for the last two and a half years. Whatever it's been. I'm going to do the same for Bannon. And I really believe that was one of the biggest things that happened in that clubhouse. Is they saw a guy who'd been an all-star, who'd been at the top, get beat up, on the mound, four games, four losses in eight days maybe, or seven to eight days, I think it was, at the end of the game, you know how hard that is, and then for him to just show up and and man up and say, no problem, I'll do whatever's best for the team, that was a peg in time. Um, That's what he did, and that's one of the reasons we had the success that we had all that year was the unselfishness of Brian Twentis. Um, and then I think later on, as you saw, there was one post-game interview where we had played a lousy game, and I can't remember the name of the, the guy covering it. He asked me one of those questions that I would always say I was, you know, I was never going to give the media the, the gift of getting under my skin enough where I would just overreact. Um, but I got to ask the question, like, you know, you guys are out. He basically said, "You guys are out. How do you? What, what do you say to your team now? What do you? What, what's the purpose? And what's the plan? How can you even you know? You're still talking about winning. You're not going to. It's, you know, this is the season's done." Says, "How do you? How do you wrap your head around that?" And I says, "Do you have any kids?" I said, "If your son came home and failed at something miserably, and there's still time left to improve and get better, would you just quit to walk away." To not 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 post up, not show up. Sometimes the toughest thing to do is to show up when nobody thinks you're going to win. And as long as there's people in that clubhouse that think we're going to win, or we got something to prove, we got a shot. I can remember my backbone got tested like it never did before after the game, and I just stood up and I looked him straight in the eye and I still I still think we can do it. I don't have any idea why. There's not a whole lot to hold it on to right now, but I believe we can do it. Well, the next day, a few of the players I guess had heard it, seen it, whatever. They were appreciative of it, um, and I think that was something that, you know, players, they appreciate anybody who takes a stand to get something off their back or get a distraction out of their way. But those players, they've so much of themselves. They've done so much by themselves. I just think it was a nice a nice thing that they saw. No, the manager's not going down. He sure isn't quitting, you know. Some of them say, you know, like, How'd you hold yourself back? I said, what are you, you, know, you going to do? You're not going to put your hands on anybody. That's crazy. I said, but I, I've never been so enraged after a, a, an interview about why do you still play the game or why do you show up? It just questioned everything that I've done all my life. I wasn't going to quit. So, and then we got to that place where September, where it was just, you know, we would never been really hot. And that's one thing I kept telling him for six months. We haven't been hot yet. We've never been really cold and you know this could be it. And that's crazy reach out to uh to my friend when we started circle number sixty four on a lineup card. Um, you know, with thirteen out of fourteen, helped him walk off home against Lysa who we had one hit and twenty seven at bats and Holiday starts with allowed these things right and there were just so many instances in the last two weeks that Man, something's cooking good. I can actually remember, Drew, in spring training, telling the guys, you know, he's trying to think something in spring training that makes sense. So I said, I don't know what's going to happen this year. I just know it's going to be incredibly – it's going to be incredibly worth it. It's going to take all of us, and it's going to be part of the help. That's, that's it. That's all I got, and I need your help. I don't think I ever told a team in spring training that I was going to need their help. And I don't know where it came from. I don't remember. They had been in a conversation I was having with Brad Andrus where, you know, he kept telling me transparency is the best policy and, you know, you feel something you need to tell the team because the team wants to know what you feel. They want to know what you think. And I just told them that I'm going to need your help this year like never before. And so there was little things along the way that just, even if you couldn't see them outside the clubhouse, you could feel them inside the clubhouse. There was just a growing groundswell of confidence, belief, and, each
0: other. as i said clint's a clint's a fascinating guy and he has so many clint isms we probably don't have enough time to to sit here and and throw them out there but they pop into my head uh you know periodically sometimes i'll run them out there uh on the air uh he, he's a he's a great storyteller and um uh, <laughs> he just he, he's just fun and um and now he's moving on to the next chapter, and I think it's going to be interesting to see you know, where he uh, ends up and, and where he's going to have an impact. Because wherever he goes, he will have an impact. That's just the, the kind of individual he is. I, I know in the first part, I didn't mention anything on Rocky on the Rockies specifically. There's not a lot of news right now as we kind of rumble into June. Uh, the Rockies have played well at home. That's been good to see. They continue to struggle, uh, at least as of this taping, out on the road, in the midst of a, a road trip uh, right now. Trevor Story is going to come back. That's a great thing. We're getting closer to, uh, I'm sure, a decision on on Trevor, whether the Rockies are going to move him prior to the um, trade deadline, um, and, and some others too, some other pieces. Also, but I will say this: at least, at least at home, and hopefully we'll see it more on the road. It's been an entertaining product, and it's been a productive product in terms of uh, wins and losses. And hopefully they can build on on what they've done the last month or so at Twentieth and Blake. Again, a huge thanks to all of you. Um, you're appreciated. Uh, I'm glad you indulge me each uh, week on on our little uh, show, and uh, I hope it. Uh, is is something that uh you know adds in some small way to your week and and helps entertain you whether you're working out or driving in the car somewhere um on our podcast so thank you thank you thank you and thanks for spreading the word uh you hear me also on uh dnvr's weekly podcast with drew Kreisman and patrick lyons and as i say they they break it down each and every night and they have fun and and they look at the rockies and all the baseball in um In an interesting way also. So I'm always glad to be with those guys on a weekly basis. That'll do it again. Big thanks. I look forward to another hundred episodes uh, with all of you. And we'll do it again next week when we uh, embark on podcast number 101. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Stay well.